Welcome to another episode of Reading the Bible, a podcast where we typically focus on how to read the genre or book being preached through at Hope Presbyterian Church. And I say typically because Marshall's sermon this past Sunday brought up the role of contemplation, or we might call it meditation, in the Christian life. And so it seemed like a great opportunity to focus on this practice of meditation, specifically how we can meditate on the Gospels and as we read through Luke, and how we as a community can be pursuing a deeper spiritual life together. So what is contemplation or meditation, and how do we do it? Well, the most simple explanation is it's talking to ourselves about God in the presence of God. As Marshall has been showing us throughout Luke, we've seen this kind of contemplation come up. We saw it with Mary. She treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. It's meditation. Saw it with Simeon. He spent extended time reflecting on the promise of the consolation of Israel. We saw it with Anna, who spent day and night in prayer and worship, and this contemplation over time led her to sing. Another great example is from Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, which says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now notice what David is not doing. It's such a familiar passage we can miss it, but he's not talking to God. He's talking to his own soul about God. He's telling himself to praise God. He's telling his own soul to not forget all that he has in God and all that God has done for him. David is doing what Tim Keller describes as taking the truth down into our hearts until it catches fire there and begins to melt and shape our reactions to God, to ourselves, and to the world. This is what meditation is. Now, meditation isn't prayer. It's actually the precursor to prayer. Meditation is the bridge from Bible reading to prayer. Jonathan Edwards, who's an 18th century pastor and theologian, he says it's one thing to know honey is sweet, but it's an entirely different thing to taste the sweetness of honey on your tongue. We can think about meditation like this. When we read, we know the truth. We're engaging our minds. But when we meditate, we begin to engage our hearts. We're savoring the truth that we read until we, like the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And only then is prayer the natural reaction of our hearts, the way it was for Anna. Anna's heart was warmed by the truth to the point of singing. So meditation is really the key to our prayer lives. It's interesting that Psalm 1, the first psalm in the prayer book of the Bible, doesn't talk about prayer, but it talks about meditation. Psalm 1 is teaching us that if we're really going to learn how to pray, if we're going to have hearts that sing like Mary's and Zechariah's and Anna's, 
it's going to start with meditation. Now we do need to say this isn't a silver bullet. It's not a formula. We should keep Psalm 1 in mind. It, it gives us the picture of a tree. The one who meditates is like a tree. And trees are stable. They bear fruit. They can weather the seasons of life. But trees don't grow overnight. Meditating on Scripture may not revolutionize your prayer life in a day or a week. But in 10 years, our heart's response to Jesus will look more like Mary's and Simeon's and Anna's than it would have otherwise. So how do we do this? How do we meditate? Well, Marshall said it in his sermon, meditation and contemplation take effort. But here are two indispensable elements, silence and scripture. So first, silence. Martin Luther, who was a monk who knew a lot about meditation, gives a great example where he likens the truth of God to the sun. And he says, in a placid pool, it, being the truth of God, can be seen clearly and warms the water powerfully. But in a rushing current, it cannot be seen as well, nor can it warm the water. So if you wish to be illumined and warmed here, to see God's mercy and wondrous deeds, so that your heart is filled with fire and light and becomes reverent and joyous, then go to where you may be still and impress the picture deep into your heart. You will find no end of wondrous deeds. So for us, it's going to take a lot of effort and practice to remove ourselves from the rushing current of 21st century life with all our work and news and social media and all our other commitments. But fire and light and joy and wondrous deeds are what's at stake. And I actually saw a tweet just yesterday that said, Simeon and Anna teach us that a life spent waiting on Jesus is a life well spent. So whatever you need to do, whether it's five minutes every day or one day a week for an extended period of time, whatever it is, incorporate silence into your routine and then second, go to the scriptures. Now two places historically have been where the people of God have gone in the Bible for contemplation and prayer and one has been the Psalms and the other has been the Gospels. So this means we as a church are in a unique season as Marshall preaches through Luke. He's tilling the soil for us, for our hearts and our minds, and we are ripe for meditation in one of the portions of the Bible that the people of God have used to shape and deepen their inner lives. And so practically, let's say you've committed to have some silence in the morning. You've gotten relatively distraction-free for a few minutes, and you're reading a passage from Luke. Here's a simple way to meditate. When you're done reading, pick one insight or one verse, just one, that stood out to you, and use the ACTS grid. That's A-C-T-S, ACTS. Essentially ask these questions. What did I learn about God 
What attribute of God that I see here that I can adore? What sin does this passage call to mind that I need to confess? How can I thank Jesus for, one, being the ultimate revelation of the attribute of God I just adored him for, and two, the ultimate solution to the sin I just confessed? And then lastly, the S is supplication, which essentially just means asking. What do I need to ask God for myself or for others based on this passage? So maybe jot down some thoughts for these questions in a notebook or just think them through. Now again, this isn't a silver bullet. Luther actually said that sometimes when you take a verse and you think through these questions, you may get a real sense of the sweetness of Christ and of the power of the Spirit, but other times nothing happens. He said, just come back, try again tomorrow. Remember, we're growing trees. So I encourage you to try this. Try it for a week. Read through Luke and see if meditating on one thing each day doesn't begin to warm your heart, leading to deeper prayer and a heart that sings.